them if the spirit moves you, which be kind enough to follow. If you're listening and subscribe if you're watching with either, please like and comment as I'm your grateful host, Dan Riley. Today I'm going to talk about how to write a speech, or more accurately, why not to write a speech. Oh, if you've done any research on the topic, you'll have come across highfalutin terms like speech crafting, speech construction, and speech structure, to name just three. Don't get me wrong, these are valid methodologies to be sure, but I'm speaking here to the neophyte, the one who is just beginning to learn the art of public speaking. To these folks, those processes seem awful complex and can be intimidating. Jesus Christ, no wonder I'm scared to death to give a two-minute talk. I need to remember the main point goes here, followed immediately by a subordinate point. Oh, and I, I, I can't forget the thesis statement. It goes right after the introduction. But wait, I know, I know I'm supposed to get a story in here somewhere. <laughs> Yikes, fear not. I have simplified the process. Remember this maxim, irrespective of whatever level of sophistication you aspire to as a public speaker, the objective is to always have your public speaking style approximate your day-to-day conversational style. Oh, sure, if you routinely drop F-bombs, you probably won't want to use that word while addressing the board of directors. Or if you have the habit of punctuating every sentence with, you know what I mean? You might want to drop that as well. So, for the newcomer to public speaking, there is going to be some difference between the two, conversational and speaking, public speaking styles at first. But here's an interesting phenomenon that takes place. The more polished one becomes as a public speaker, they'll notice their day-to-day conversational style becoming more professional. And I put professional in quote marks. A better word might be refined and vice versa their public speaking will increasingly become more conversational. It's the same voice, sometimes dressed in a sweatsuit, other times in a business suit. See how this works? Okay, back to preparing a speech. The first thing to understand is that a speech should never be written in full and then read. For beginners, that's exactly what they'll want to do. And if they can't get away with that, their second inclination is to try and memorize the whole damn speech. No, no, no. These inclinations are just manifestations of the fear, more like the terror of speaking publicly. In the next few weeks, I'm going to dedicate an entire podcast to the fear of public speaking, where it comes from, and how to overcome it. So, now that we know we are not going to write out or memorize a speech, where do we start? I've used a three-step process for decades, which was the result of trial and error with many different strategies. Let me give you the three steps first, then I'll explain each in more detail. Number one, brainstorm with a notepad and pen. Number two, create an outline from the brainstorming. And number three, reduce the outline to bullet points on an index card. Brainstorming. Many people are going to opt for a word processor or a notepad application. Do that if you must, but you'll miss out on the creative power of your own handwriting. And the doodling. Don't underestimate its power to improve focus. In writing parlance, this first step is akin to free writing. The idea is to get all thoughts regarding the speech on paper. What should the title be? Possible quotations to use. What stories or little vignettes would fit in nice? List any research you might need to do. What are the latest facts regarding the topic you're speaking on? 
best metrics to use? How about the latest trends? It is important that you don't approach this process linear, meaning attempting to think in the same order which you are to deliver the speech. If you produce a killer ending to the speech before you even know what the title is going to be, fantastic. That's how the process works. Before I go on to number two, I would suggest before you even begin the brainstorming process, you determine, and estimate's fine, how much time you're going to dedicate to crafting the speech. The rule of thumb for preparation is one hour of preparation per minute of speech. This includes practice time. So a five-minute speech would require five hours of preparation. And this is extremely important. Break up the preparation time over a few days if possible. If not possible, break up the time in the same day. You never want to power through the crafting of a speech in one five-hour block. Your best ideas are going to come in between sessions when you're walking, exercising, riding a bike, taking a shower, etc. You should dedicate the largest portion of prep time to brainstorming. If we stay with the example of a five-minute speech, brainstorming should be about two and a half hours of prep. This would include any research you need to do and should most definitely be broken into at least two sessions. All right, let's move to number two, the outline. The first part of the outline is to define the goal or objective of the speech. What is the one big idea you want the audience to come away with? Virtually all speeches will fall into one of these four categories. To inform, to entertain, to instruct, or to persuade. This framework helps in bringing more clarity and focus to your outline. I think people should strive for adopting two of these categories. One is a noun, one is a verb. Here's what I mean. If you are going to give an informative speech, do it while persuading or entertaining. Or if your objective is to entertain an audience, do it while adding some pertinent information. When creating the outline, use the rule of three. It can be beginning, middle, end, or induction, body, conclusion, or even Aristotle's advice. Tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. One, two, three. The introduction should include an attention grabber, a quotation, a startling fact, a poem stanza, song lyric, etc. Then preview what you'll be talking about. Maybe even restate the title. Next comes the body of the speech, the meat and potatoes. This is where you employ the point story application formula or variation thereof. Again, using the rule of three, strive for three different stories or vignettes to support your topic. Next, the conclusion. Here you summarize the main points, reinforce the assertions made, and then hit the audience with a clincher, the flip side of the attention grabber. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. During the conclusion, reference or restate something said in the introduction to give the speech a sense of coming full circle, a completeness. Once completed, use the outline to practice from, not read from, but practice from. Keeping top of mind, you are determining the best trigger words or phrases from the outline that will be transferred to the index card. Now, if you're just starting out and you feel you cannot perform a speech without the outline, go ahead and use it for the first few times. But if you do, be sure the outline does not contain complete sentences, just phrases or partial sentences followed by ellipsis points. Otherwise, your inclination will be to read the entire sentence, which will throw off your rhythm and consistency. The internet has scores of outline templates. Find the one that best suits you. I would suggest dedicating two hours of prep time for the outline process and the practice sessions. The last step, reducing your outline to symbols, words, or trigger phrases on an index card or the like.
What is written on the index card is highly individual. We all think, associate, and integrate concepts differently. You are looking for those words, phrases, or symbols that assist you best in flowing your speech. I know of a speaker, I know of speakers who use the index card just for their transitional lines and others that use a hybrid of words and emojis. Here's an index card I pulled out of my file. The first part, I slept and dreamt, is from a four-line poem by Rabindranath Tagore that I've committed to memory for decades. I used it as an attention grabber for a speech that I titled, Happiness Comes from Performing Your Duty. John Martin, The Peace Pilgrim, and The Pygmalion Effect are references to the body of my speech, stories that I told. I transitioned into the closing by telling of a time when George Bernard Shaw met with Tagore, and I tied the end with the beginning by closing with a famous quote by Shaw, which asserts the same theory of happiness as did Tagore's poem. When you see broken neck crossed out, it is because during one of my last practice sessions in the car on the way to the speech, I discovered that John Martin was a better trigger for my story than broken neck. The smiling faces you see are on all my index cards. They are just reminders to me to smile when it's appropriate. By not having full sentences on the card, I'm not inclined to read anything. After quickly glancing at the card, I can get my eyes back to looking into the eyes of the audience. In the interest of full disclosure, the notes on those cards are used in conjunction with memory techniques that I use and that I have covered extensively with my new online class. I'll probably do a podcast on those techniques in the future. After having worked with your outline for two hours, it should take just a few minutes to create your index card. Then practice from it a few more times. In total, this process should take about one half hour. Then you're ready to go. A few additional points. There are two parts of the speech you do want to memorize. The first couple of sentences and the last couple. You want to be looking directly in the eyes of the audience at these critical times, not from a note card. From the outline, you want to practice your speech five or six times, each time relying less and less on looking at it. I found the best three places to practice is in the car when you're driving alone, walking outside, or when using an aerobic exercise machine, a treadmill, elliptical, or a stationary bike. Avoid like the plague any chit-chat at the beginning and the end of your speech. Oh, thanks for having me today. It's good to see everybody. How's everyone doing? Can you hear me okay while you're tapping, tapping the mic? Or even saying thank you at the end of your speech. The audience will remember the last few sentences of your speech more than any other part of it. Do not squander them on thank yous. If for generational, cultural, or habitual reasons you want to thank the audience, do it as a transitional line into the closing. I want to thank you for your time and attention today. But before I go, I want to leave you with Mr. Shaw's admonition. This is the true joy in life. The being used for a purpose, recognized by yourself as a mighty one. The being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. 
I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community. And as long as I live it, it is my privilege to do whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die, for the harder I work, the more I live. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle for me. It is sort of a splendid torch which I have got a hold of for this moment, and I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it on to the future generations. And for my part, that's all there is today. If you're listening, please follow. If you are watching, please subscribe. With either, please like and comment. This is Dan Riley taking you on an Odyssey into Until next time, sail away, catch the train. We're on.